0: We're going to be real about the the, the struggles. We're going to be real about the joys. We're going to be real about um, our vices, my own and my wife's uh, sin struggles that we have. We want people who watch the show and who get to know me to be able to trust that this show is in the hands of someone who acknowledges my own brokenness.
1: I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in season three, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15 verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Enjoy and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. I had the opportunity to sit down with Dallas Jenkins, the director and creator of the amazing and popular show The Chosen, which is about the life of Jesus Christ, at the National Religious Broadcasters Association uh, last week. Dallas was gracious enough to sit down with me as he, as he did with, with many interviewers. He's a really gracious guy. He stops for fans all the time, takes selfies, uh, he's a very unassuming guy, uh, easy to talk to. So it was a great conversation. However, it was in the middle of the, the convention and the sound audio was just not great. So I just want to warn you about that up front. But the message that he gave was so important. I really wanted you guys to hear it. So what I'll be doing is I will be uh, providing some context for the different clips of this interview that I will be playing for you. I hope you get a lot out of it. Uh, season two of The Chosen uh, is ending. Uh, the finale for season two is coming up either next week or the, or the week after that. Uh, they have just aired season, or rather episode seven. If you have not watched The Chosen, check it out. You can watch it on its own app called The Chosen. It's free. You can catch some episodes on YouTube, although they tend to go away after the live stream when they first present it. But you can definitely go back and watch really all of season one and where we are now up to season two uh, on the Chosen app. Encourage that you do. All right, we have an opportunity to talk to Dallas. He's very revealing about his background uh, and what he wants in the show. So first, let's talk about his concerns for authenticity an intimacy in the chosen. We've seen an amazing response to the chosen, mm-hmm. and um, you've, you've you've expressed that. You know, you you're obviously so gracious about it when you mm-hmm. say that people have been been tuning in and so many downloads and all of this. So, at this time where we are now, um, why do you think we're seeing such a response to this amazing series?
0: Oh, well, that's very kind of you. I think. Two words come to mind when I think of the show and I think of what people are responding to, and that's authentic and intimate. Um, We made a decision early on, both in my social media for the show and in the show content itself, that we were going to be obsessed with authenticity. Um, We're going to be real about the the struggles. We're going to be real about the joys. We're going to be real about um, our vices, my own and my wife's uh, sin struggles that we have. We want people... Who watch the show and who get to know me, to be able to trust that this show is in the hands of someone who acknowledges my own brokenness and my own sin, because I don't want people to glorify the show to the point where they think, well, this is like, this is a replacement for the Bible. I'm saying from the beginning that the show is not God's word. Jonathan, who plays Jesus, is not Jesus. Uh, I am not the creator of the universe. I am a bro- broken, flawed man coming off of a career failure who's trying to do my best to capture the character and intentions of Jesus in the Gospels. And so in the show itself, it's the same thing. When you watch a lot of Jesus projects over the years, like I have, you see a common thread that it oftentimes feels formal, feels distant. Jesus feels very... Um, Stiff in many ways, like it's just not someone that I would really be passionate about. And so we are really trying to put you there in the first century and connect you to those people, because I believe if you can see Jesus through the eyes of those who actually met Him, you can be changed and impacted in the same way they were. If you, Yvette, can identify with any number of these people and their struggles and their questions, you go, Yeah, I had that question, or I had that struggle, or that's something that I'm um, that I'm. Uh, I think struggling with is the best word to say, then you can also identify with the answer and who can redeem you from that. And so that's, I think the authenticity is number one thing. And then the intimacy, we really try to focus on Jesus's relationship with each person one on one. He didn't just get up on stage and do a bunch of magic tricks. He was personal. He was intimate. He was purposeful which I think is important. He did miracles to reach a person's heart. It was rarely just about, I'm going to heal your legs and now you can walk. And isn't that great? Hey, everybody, I'm the Messiah. It was oftentimes, I want you to be drawn into a closer relationship with me.
1: Dallas went on to talk about failure in his own life and career and how he dealt with it. And toward the end of this clip, he, I think, really helps uh, anyone out there who is experiencing some doubt in their life or their relationship with with Christ to to persevere so definitely check this one out. Well let's talk about your faith walk. Yeah. Uh, you and you have said even today that you know that you're not claiming to be, you know, everything that you're a flawed and broken man as we all are. Um, you mentioned that you you came from some failed projects.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the content of them I'm proud of yeah, but, yeah, but they didn't yeah, they, they yeah. didn't resonate and they didn't uh, sell. So sure.
1: so so I guess I would I would have to ask you, you know, how was where were you and how was your faith at the time? Perhaps, I guess you were asking, you know, Lord, what is, if this is not for me, Lord, then what is, what is next for me? What can I do for you? Um, How did you come from a, from a failure?
0: Well, Um, no, the movie was The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. It's a movie I'm proud of. It's actually having a bit of a resurgence on Netflix right now. mm -hmm. But when it came on theaters, it bombed, mm -hmm. like people didn't show up. And I went from being a director with a very bright future because lots of projects were lined up for me by big Hollywood companies who were very excited about the movie to just in a couple of hours, I was a director with a, with no future. And you, you, you mentioned something um, where you were talking about questions that I might've been asking, like, okay, if this isn't for me, what is, and I, I mean this when I say it, I didn't even ask that question. I didn't want to know my future. I wanted to just be exactly where I was in that moment, broken and surrendered before God. So I wasn't asking what's next. I was asking, what's now? Yeah. And it's not. It's clearly not this. This movie didn't sell. I don't know what's next because I may not have a future in this business. I genuinely needed to be okay with that. I needed to be okay with not knowing what's next. Yeah. And that's a really hard place to be in as uh, for any human, but including a believer. Um, is we want to know what God has for us next, even when our intentions are good, even when we're like, all right, God, I want to be in ministry. Show me what to do. And sometimes I think God goes, I want you to wait right now. Mm -hmm. I want you to be with me. I want you to get to know me better. And that's where that phrase came to me from a friend who I've never met, um, who uh, is a Facebook friend who we speak maybe once a year and reached out to me in the middle of my pain and Out of the Blue just said, your job is not to feed the 5,000. Your job is to provide the loaves and fish. And that changed my life. And that's a truth that I wish I would have known 20 years ago. And I probably heard it, but I never acted on it, which Mm -hmm. is, okay, all I'm going to do is focus on making the best loaves and fish that I can. And it doesn't need to be 5,000. It needs to just be enough for God to deem it worthy of acceptance. And after that, it's up to him. So right now, all I'm going to do is make loaves and fish. And I don't know what those are going to be tomorrow, but I know what they can be today, and I know what God's calling me to today. Now, hearing God's voice doesn't happen easily. It's not a daily thing sometimes. Sometimes we have to really seek it out. Um, And for me, I mean, it's easier for my wife than it is for me. She hears from God a little bit more clearly than I do sometimes. But I just know that I'm going to keep doing the best that I can The best that I have in what's in front of me, but every, as often as possible, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go, God, if this isn't right, make it obvious. I'm not smart enough to always know. So make it obvious for me. Shut the door, open a a different door, or give me a sense of peace about it that I might not feel right now in this other thing I'm doing. Is that because it's wrong? So that's what I, that's a posture that I've now adopted. And I think that's what, that's where the chosen was birthed out of. It was birthed out of a genuine. I think I I call it a superpower Mm -hmm. where I stopped caring about the success or failure of anything that I did. And now that The Chosen is having so much success, people say, oh, isn't this great? I'm like, I guess, but I don't care about it. They're like, oh, does it surprise you? Did you see it coming? And I'm like, I only saw what was in front of me. Mm -hmm. I don't genuinely don't care about it. I don't predict the future where I'm at in five years is none of my business. Mm -hmm. I genuinely am in this posture of I'm just happy to be doing a show that points people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, And what he does with it is up to him.
1: There are people and maybe people who will be listening to this who or who read this who who are just doubt who doubt something you know they something didn't go their way or they or they they're not sure where to go and they they've stopped hearing from God of course he's still talking they just right. can't right. hear him right, right. Um, and there's doubt and I don't know if there was a smidge of doubt for you. I know you, you know, you said you wanted to focus in on the now, and that's the healthiest thing to do. What would you tell those people who who can't seem to do that and who are just kind of just swimming in doubt right now?
0: Yeah, I, I was for sure swimming in doubt, but God was gracious enough to me to bring me out of it pretty quickly. Not with success. I did not. Things did not turn around for me uh, from a career perspective for at least a year and a half after that moment. I mean, it was it was painful. I. I got to a place where I left I, I, I left my job, I, I had no benefits. Um, so there was a period of three or four months where I was getting no income um, as we were trying to prepare for the show. I mean, the Chosen, now that people have seen it, they can sometimes forget that there was a moment when we didn't know if it was ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. What I had though was joy and I said this at the time which is why All I love right. you which is why I love your, your shirt and I, I don't know if you've talked about this before but there's a difference between joy and happiness. Yes because yes. happiness comes when the bears win a football game for me you know I'm happy but when the bears lose a game I'm not happy. Joy comes regardless. Joy is eternal. And I was in a place where I was coming off of a career failure. I had no idea what my future held. I didn't know if I was going to make another movie again, and yet I had joy. Now, to answer your question, how do you get that? Well, there's no template for it. It's not like I can give you a book that says, here's how to find more joy. It is a practice. It is a habit. And what that habit entailed for me... I'm
1: sorry, we are are speaking the same language. I totally agree. Go
0: ahead. Well, what happened for me was... It's not enough to say no to things, you have to replace it. I couldn't just say, no, 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 Dallas, don't have doubt, or don't struggle with this vice. I have to replace it with a new habit. I have to replace it with Bible verses, I have to replace it with prayer. And it doesn't always come immediately. I'm sure there's a listener or reader who is saying, yeah, I've tried that and it didn't work. Well, it's not like the moment you pray, everything just becomes sunshine and rainbows. But it does become a habit of communing with God. And that's what the show is about. The show is about the fact that the creator of the universe came and dwelt among us. And here's the thing to remember. He experienced it too. He experienced wilderness moments. He experienced reset moments where he had to go and get alone with the Father and pray. He experienced moments where he was crying out to the Father saying, in fact, in in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was actually saying, please change your mind. Like, please don't make me go through this. But your will, not mine. And there are moments when even our Lord felt forsaken he said on the cross he quoted psalm 22 why have you forsaken me so i encourage people reading the psalms helps because it helps you identify with those moments of pain that david felt reading the gospels knowing that jesus and the disciples felt those moments too jesus of course didn't doubt but he was certainly questioning at times his own father so embracing those moments being content to go i don't want to waste this trial I'm going to find out whatever God has for me because God gives trials to people, I believe, in order to mold them, as James says, to give you endurance. And so I'm going to come out of this trial with a story to tell people. So I want to learn everything I can from it. So that was, that was for me, the biggest thing was making sure that I didn't try to rush through. it.
1: As a viewer of The Chosen, one thing I noticed right away was the fact that the cast was very multicultural and Even before I heard Dallas talk about the fact that he wanted to make sure that he got things right, that he was looking for authenticity and intimacy, I noticed that the people did not seem like um, all one background, like we've seen in some other representations of the life of Christ. So I talked to him about that uh, to find out whether or not that was intentional and why that might be important to him. And then back to authenticity, you have a very multicultural cast. Yeah. Um I, I noticed in particular the episode uh, where the friends of the man on uh, on yes. the pallet who broke through the roof yes. to lower him in, one of the friends was an African American woman. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, she would have had she would have had African ancestry or yes, she was Ethi- Ethiopian, Ethiopian Ethi- yes, 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 yes. ancestry yeah. So why was that important to you to to have a diverse cast like that?
0: Well, because I think that that's honest and accurate. I mean, I think it would actually be um, inaccurate and dishonest and not representative of the gospel to, first of all, the most important thing I was never going to do was turn this into a European version of the story, which is what I've seen in the past. Right. So right off the bat, I'm saying I want these people as much as possible to look like first century Israel. So the the Jewish followers of Christ are going to look Jewish. They're going to look Israeli. You know, um, but there were people from Ethiopia, there were people from Egypt, there were people from all over who represented all the different colors of the rainbow, and that was extraordinarily important to me. Not only because I believe it's historically accurate, but because I want the viewers to to, to say, I'm part of this story too. And I believe that there have been other presentations of Jesus that have felt exclusive. Um, and 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 I don't do it for that reason. Meaning, I'm not. I don't have some sort of political agenda when I'm doing the show. Like, all right, I want to make sure that I. Um, and, and avoiding anyone being offended, so I'm going to show all these different uh, uh, faith or, or race, uh, racial backgrounds. I'm doing it because I think that's the authentic way to do it. Mm-hmm. I really believe in that. And, and so any and, any and opportunity women. that I have, well, well, well the other thing was women often yeah. get overlooked in the story mm-hmm. because they were overlooked a lot in first century. Mm-hmm. But if you read the Gospels, Jesus clearly thought very highly of women in a way that wasn't uh, typical because. I mean, he uh, he appeared to a woman. He was the first. Uh, a woman was the first person he appeared to after the resurrection. That's right. A woman at the well was the was the person that he revealed himself to as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. These are there are key moments in Scripture in which a woman plays a very important central part. So we wanted to not only honor those women and give them full stories, just like we do the men. Um, and of course, Mary Magdalene is one of our main characters. But I think any time that we felt like a supporting character could be a woman we wanted to do that um, not force it in if it wasn't there we don't want to change a man to a woman in the story just to appease some political correctness but for example uh, like you said the, the healing of the paralytic i thought a woman from ethiopia who is the driving force of faith i hope you i hope this comes across the right way but I, i've known a lot of black women and women from africa because i was in africa once And there's something about the faith and the passion and the intensity of so many of the black women that I've met. I mean, you're wearing a a shirt that says Positively joy. I mean, (laughs) look, I know white people who are like that too, but I'm just saying there's something strong about that. And that reflects, and I thought the picture we had of this woman who would have literally burst through walls to get to Jesus. I don't know, it just made sense to us. This is a woman from Ethiopia who's come a long way Mm -hmm. and she's going to break down walls to get to Jesus and she's not going to take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that just reflected the experience I've had in my life. And I thought it was an honest uh, portrayal.
1: You might be wondering just how are they getting the stories right or wrong or so interesting? As I mentioned during my talk with Dallas, the Bible obviously is the holy word of God and That's what we we need to read and that's what we need to know. But sometimes when you're reading stories in the Bible, not everything is laid out. You have to perhaps read between the lines. And certainly, you know, when Jesus was talking about the parables, um, those stories had a message to them. He didn't necessarily say everything he wanted uh, his audience to know, but he gave it to them in a way that they could understand. How are they going to take those stories and make them into complete storylines? And is there a danger to that? Let's listen now and see how Dallas answers that. And you know, we've seen lots of different kinds of biblical representations, all the way from Hollywood, the Ten Commandments, to movies that are actually just literally scripture—verse
0: by verse reenactment. Verse by verse reenactment. Yeah.
1: Now, I think people, uh, I think people do. When they when they're looking at what they see and they like it, they get into it, and they can begin to believe that what they're seeing is real. Mm-hmm. So I know that you guys are taking great pains. Uh, I believe you have uh, a Catholic priest and evangelical minister,
0: an evangelical scholar and a messianic Jewish rabbi who are on our on our Bible consulting board.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So when you are and you know and we read the Bible and the Bible, you know, you're looking at the Bible and you do have to read between the lines sometimes because right. the Bible it doesn't. say everything but when you're talking with your with your uh advisors what are they looking to try to help you help you you know communicate yeah
0: no that's a great question so first and foremost we when we show something that's from the bible we never want to change that we want to get that accurate and so they're helpful with that but i mean I'm able to do that myself as well because I'm able to read the Bible, and I was a Bible major in college. So you can tell from the Bible uh, when when there's uh, lines of dialogue that are in the show, they're going to be accurate to what the Bible says. Because we are doing so much that's not directly from Scripture, it's very dangerous. You know, we don't want people to be swayed. We don't want people to ever. Uh, get something that's contrary to scripture so we make it very clear we're not scripture Uh, and and the good news is i want to say this right off the top the good news is um, we've never heard from anyone out of the millions and millions of people we've heard from never one never once have we heard i don't need to read my bible now because this show is scripture for me all we hear is i'm reading my bible more than ever even on the things where sometimes they'll watch a part of the show and they'll say oh i thought that oh is that in scripture they'll go to scripture and see and they might see that it's not from scripture and that's helpful because then they can explore scripture even more. A lot of times they'll say that's not in scripture and then they'll go to the Bible and they'll see that it is. Yeah. So it's a really a great tool to engage people but anything that's not directly from scripture I want to make sure for my advisors that I'm not stepping on any landmines unknowingly. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do something that's going to either contradict the character intentions of scripture or offend people unnecessarily so i'm not catholic for example so i don't and and, and, I'm, and none of are my advisors have veto power so i'm a catholic priest telling me well people might be bothered by that as catholics that's not going to mean automatically i'm going to change it just because I, I don't mind offending people if it's for the right reasons right. i just don't want to say or do something unnecessarily that could be because of my ignorance of Cultural history, my ignorance of the Jewish faith, for example. Um, I don't want to unintentionally do something that's offensive to my Jewish brothers and sisters, to my Catholic brothers and sisters, to people who I'm uh, a faith tradition that I'm not familiar with. But at the end of the day, they are there to be a guardrail. They are not there to to, to say to me, well, no, you need to do it this way because we want to. Uh, you know, we want our, our followers to not be offended by anything. Ultimately, I'm responsible to God, even more so than any faith leader or even an evangelical scholar like I am. So um, I just want to make sure that I have guardrails, that any anytime that I'm doing something that is too far outside the bounds of scripture, that they're there to go, wait a minute, check yourself. And then I do, and uh, more often than not, I make sure that I'm always rooted in the foundations of the, of the Bible.
1: What's
0: next? We're finishing up season two. So we've got episodes that are coming out over the next couple of weeks. I don't know when this is going to be read or, or aired, but so it might season two might already be done, but we're going to be filming. I'm, I'm currently writing season three with my co-writers. Uh, we're going to be filming it sometime in the fall or winter. And uh, so season three is what's next after season two. So that's the main thing.
1: You've been listening to Positively Joy. Thanks for spending some time with us. Go to our website at PositivelyJoy.com, where you can subscribe and follow, find previous episodes, seek inspiration, and check out our cool merch. Go to the Talk tab to leave us a message. Special thanks to Morel Sanders for our podcast music. And as always, farewell for now.